in charge here at Holisticism, and I'm so happy that you're here with us. Last episode of 2020, and we've got my dear friend and my personal astrologer, Emily Rousseau, on deck talking about what to expect, kind of, in 2021 astrologically. Can I just tell you what happened? So here's the thing. I have an external hard drive that everything, 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 All the files live on the external hard drive for everything that I do from the podcast to coursework that I've made to other things. And this hard drive crashed a day ago and it is the middle of the biggest surge in LA of COVID. And it's like two days before Christmas and there's no way this hard drive is getting fixed. So Emily and I actually recorded this episode a month ago in late November. And it is on my hard drive that is broken. So we re-recorded this podcast episode, which is why we sound maybe a little bit batty because we've kind of already had this conversation and why we pop off as the kids are saying. But Emily Rousseau is an incredible astrologer, super genius, which you'll hear in this episode. She's so eloquent and thoughtful and badass. She describes things to me in ways that I've never imagined or been able to understand on my own. And I so appreciate the perspective that she offers with everything from astrology to the wellness world to cancel culture to socialism to capitalism, you know, to all the things to being an artist, which I think she is first above all things. And so I really love her and I love this conversation that I got to have with her for the second time. And I'm excited for you to hear it and listen to it. A couple of housekeeping notes before we jump into the podcast and you learn everything you need to know about 2021 according to what's going on in the cosmos. If you're listening to this live on the day that it drops, which is December 29th, then that means the doors to the North Node are officially open so exciting. The North Node is our private members community for intuitive entrepreneurs and leaders. And in the North Node, we drop a new module of content every month that sort of bridges the gap between the mystical and magical and the realistic and pragmatic. So for example, in January, yes. Oh, I'm so excited for this month. In January, we are talking about heroic imperfect action and we're talking our masterclass is being this a spellcrafting CFO, money magic, <laughs> which is going to be a really fun conversation. We're going to explore money from a how it makes your business run perspective and what you need to know and also from the magical framing. And we're also, oh, we've got so much good stuff happening this month. We have 30 days of meditation that we are doing together. That's our meditation challenge. And then we are shipping an idea. So we're living our imperfect action and we're giving ourselves 30 days to put together an idea and make it and publish it out to the world. And don't worry, I will walk you through that entire process. We've got lots of ways to help you, but it's going to be a really fun month. The North Node is always really fun. Like And I'm very biased because I get to lead it and I get to be in it with the community. So I'm obsessed with it. Obviously, it's my favorite place on the internet other than this podcast. And I think if you're someone who wants to make something, (laughs) who wants to make something, who wants to put something out into the world, 
whether that is your attention or your energy or a digital product or a physical product or a service, and you're struggling to do that alone, the North Node is really made for you because you get this added benefit of being in community with really incredible people who align with your values, who believe in intuition and magic and mysticism, as well as equity and inclusivity and making the world a better place through the work that we do and not just accepting toxic patriarchal capitalism as it exists as the only way to run a business. (laughs) And you also get these practical tools that help you do everything from master SEO on your website to how to create standard operating procedures so that you can hire people who you totally love and be an awesome boss to the very esoteric stuff of understanding your own human design and how that affects the way that you lead and the gifts that you innately have to opening your Akashic Records to understand how you can serve people better in the business and the work that you do do. So the North Node is just jam-packed with all of this juicy goodness. And we've got three different tiers of sliding scale options. There's a limited number of spots at each tier. So if you're thinking about joining, I suggest hopping over to holisticism.com backslash North dash node, which is where you can check out more about the North Node. And join if you're ready to join. I hope that you are. The doors do close on January 3rd. So we have a little bit of limited time, but I know we've been teasing this for a while, so it shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone. And there are so many amazing things that happen once you do join the North Node and once you're inside. But one of my favorite things is that we send you a little gift. So if you have more questions, feel free to shoot me a note or to text me at the number in the show notes. And I will try to answer as many questions as I possibly can. And I hope to see you in the North Node if it's feeling like something that's right for you. And if it's not, that's totally cool too. We have this amazing free podcast that's jam-packed, chock full of valuable content. And we make so much free content all the time at holisticism.com to help with everything from running your intuitive business to navigating the wellness world. So no matter what, there's a place for you. And I just appreciate you being part of our community and even listening to this. Okay. With that, let's let it rip. Here's my podcast with Emily. Enjoy. Hi, Emily. Hello. It's really great to see you and talk to you. My favorite astrologer of all time and just human baby angel, a literary genius, poetess that we need and recent Instagram defector. Yeah. I'm a defector. Yeah. That's a great word. Um, or, or just dropout. I like, I like to be a dropout too. You know, <laughs> like a dazed and confused vibe. And I taught a seven week class on when Venus is retrograde in Gemini and one whole class theme was dropping out, which is kind of what planets do when they go retrograde. They drop out. That's true. And also you're the opposite of a dropout because you have like four degrees. (laughs) (laughs) I have a few degrees. Yeah. I drop out of certain things and stay in Mm. others. And yeah, well, we just talked about this astrology, like life, there's like a lot of polarities and dichotomies. And I think everyone is a dropout and a participant, right? Like in some way. Well, yeah, we have to be. There are some things that we have to like unsubscribe from in order to continue to exist because we just can't keep up with everything and other things that we have to very actively subscribe to every day or else we would have no reason to live. Like my newsletter. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Like your newsletter and like this podcast, rate, review, and subscribe. (laughs) So full disclosure to everyone listening to this, we recorded this podcast episode a full damn month ago and my hard drive 
Well, at that time, Emily was like, I feel like something's going to happen. Like, I feel like I'm going to be misinterpreted or something's going to happen with the way that this is delivered. So like, can you just double check when you're editing to make sure that we didn't say anything too sketchy? Because we did kind of shit talk. <laughs> we kind of shit talked in the I beginning. Like four <laughs> you did. I'm like, wait, I just thought of something I said that could be misinterpreted. <laughs> you did. You were texting me like, okay, but but can you just double check that we that this is going to get edited? And I was like, it's going to be fine. It's all good. It's going to be fine. And I'm a Virgo. So I'm like, can you please confirm that you received this? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a triple water. So I have 700 unread <laughs> emails in my <laughs> inbox. And this week when we went to edit this podcast, Lo and behold, my hard drive crashed and we lost the audio of our entire conversation, which was amazing. So we're here, we're back, we're doing it. And we've got a new perspective on life because the great conjunction has already happened. And we wanted to sit down and talk about the astrology of 2021. And I remember when we had this conversation, E, you were like, you kind of schooled me and you're like, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) I'm not going to go through every month and tell you what's going to happen. But we did talk a lot about the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in Aquarius and just like the general vibe of kind of what's going on from a high level perspective astrologically in 2021. So I think that we should start there and then see where this conversation takes us. Love it. Second time is a charm. (laughs) It's like round three, we're back. Yeah. Yeah. I I rejected your first suggestion because... (laughs) I loved it. I love when people are just straight with me and they're like, no, I'm not doing that. No, thank you. Yeah. No, no. I mean, first of all, for a few reasons, like there's so many astrologers who do that, like the astrology podcast, my teacher, Achuta Bhavadas, like so many people. And I could list stuff, but it's not where I, it's not really where I shine. We only want you to shine here. We'll see what happens. Okay. So Saturn and Jupiter have just conjoined, right? Like this historic great conjunction, which happens once every 20 years. But the reason it's so special or one reason it's so special is because it's the start of a new cycle or era of air where these planets, Jupiter and Saturn, for the past 200-ish years, their conjunctions have been oriented in earth signs. And now they're going to be in air signs, mostly. So that means many things. But I guess first we can maybe talk about like what Saturn and Jupiter are as energies. So for people out there who don't like know what they are. I love both Saturn and Jupiter. And I feel like Saturn gets a bad rap as being sort of like a party pooper, Debbie Downer, wet blanket, but it's not. Like Saturn is the glue that holds us together. And Jupiter is the wild party friend who wants everything to be bigger and louder and better. To me, that's their personalities. So yeah, we talked about in my class, which we will, perhaps Michelle will link my class that we did this past weekend on Saturn and Jupiter. We kind of talked about how you can't have one without the other, right? One way to think of that about them is that Saturn is the contractive force of the universe and Jupiter is the expansive force of the universe. And so they're always in conversation. I thought of them in terms of the metaphor of breath. So that's how we looked at it this past weekend. So, you know, Jupiter being like, the inhale, like the filling and the moment of like sort of hope or faith and Saturn being the exhale or emptying and moment of 
you know, release. Mm. Neither are good, really, neither are bad. They just sort of try to make harmony in different ways. So Saturn likes to point out how we're on a planet with time and where, you know, things pass and people die and new cycles have to begin somehow. And Jupiter likes to point out how we're limitless. So this past year to kind of like contextualize 2020, the wild ride that was 2020 had Jupiter for the entire year in Capricorn, which is a place for Jupiter that feels constrictive, not for every planet, you know, some planets love to be there, but for Jupiter, it feels quite constricted because Capricorn is a place of sort of winter and contraction. So our breathing has been restricted, you know, our perhaps we've had losses of faith or whatever, and we've been literally confined. So Mm. Jupiter is now in a different sign, still sat one of Saturn signs, still Aquarius, but kind of lighter. I feel like it's a moment of hope. It's a transitional moment. The difference between Earth and air is like a huge difference. I mean, you guys can just think about what those elements feel like and you can probably get a sense of it, but that's like what I'll say first. I just feel like I was speaking for like an hour. (laughs) You weren't and you were great. (laughs) You're such a good teacher. I so appreciate your perspective, like the way that you frame everything up. And I love the idea of the breath of both sides of the breath, because you need both. You can't just have inhales. You'll die. You also can't just have exhales. You will also die. We need both in order to function and also in pretty much in equal parts or in some form of balance. We don't always have to take the biggest inhale and an equally great exhale, but these two things do need to be to find sort of balance between the two of them. So I've seen a lot of conflicting information on the internet, nay, on Instagram. Shocker. Oh, I know, right? Shocker of the century. Fake news on Instagram. Who would believe it? That this is the age of Aquarius and like everything changes now. And I feel like that's not, is that, I know it's like somewhat right, but also doesn't feel exactly right. Can you elaborate? Yeah. My perspective, my teachers and the people I learn from, everybody keeps getting the same question, right? Like, so it's the age of Aquarius starting now. And <laughs> like my understanding of it, you know, at least from my teachers and the ancient astrology perspective is that the sort of concept of the age of Aquarius is kind of a new concept. Mm. And so I guess the answer is in some ways, no, like, I don't really know what that is, but (laughs) (laughs) it's a great song, like, and it's a whole sentiment, but, and in other ways, yeah, because it is, you know, the next two and a half years, Saturn will be in Aquarius. And also it's going to be a very airy Mm. and Aquarius is an air sign era. That's for better or worse, right? Like it's super annoying to me. People really tend to like romanticize the sign of Aquarius because of like the Aquarian age and the age of Aquarius, which is like, quite frankly, like a lot of things been sort of subsumed by capitalism Uh and marketed weirdly and creeps me out but like Aquarius is no more woke or whatever than any other sign you know I feel like Aquarius is like aloof like sometimes kind of rude I don't know if it's like what I want to be aspiring to all the time <laughs> okay well let me let's get let's <laughs> sorry to judge on, on Aquarius with, with Michelle and Emily so the way I understand it and the way that the ancient astrological texts talk about Aquarius is that it's one of the temples right or one of the homes of Saturn mm. So it's not Uranus in ancient astrology who rules Aquarius, it's Saturn. A lot of the more mystical like properties and attributes of Saturn were sort of given away to the outer planets when they were discovered, like Neptune and, and Uranus and even Pluto. So Saturn is not just structure or old things or things that are like make us feel suffocated. Yeah. It's also the future. And that's because Saturn 
sits at the edge of the solar system between the inner planets and the outer planets, right? So it's the last planet we can see with our eyes. So it represents a kind of limit or a threshold. Mm. And so from that perspective, Saturn can look out and Saturn can look in. So Saturn has this sort of Capricornian thing, right, of like looking to the past and being able to sort of figure out what's timeless and what things stay and hold and remain for better or worse. And also in Aquarius, Saturn's other home can, you know, Saturn can tend to look forward more or, you know, right, like the Aquarius water bearer, like using water to wash away the past to make room for something new. That's also Saturn. So Saturn isn't one or the other. It's like the process that looks at both. Mm, mm-hmm. A great thing about not being on Instagram is like, I don't see any of that age of Aquarius. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to email Michelle and be like, wait, delete the age of Aquarius. <laughs> hey, and you will, and I'll say no. I'm not going to. No with a heart. Yeah, that's that's my new response. No with a heart emoji. Just being like, nope. Love you, though. Thanks. Nope. Here's the heart. It's like, it was just like pound you for three days. No, but I actually heard, I listened to the astrology podcast, which I recommend. And one of the people on there, Austin Kopic, who's quite smart and funny, someone asked him the question about the age of Aquarius. And he was like, well, you know, maybe, but it might look a little bit more like technocratic dystopia than like love and light, you know? Then the hair musical version of the age of Aquarius. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Then like everyone wearing like, white and ascending into the heavens. So yeah, like that should come as no surprise because we are already sort of in a technocratic dystopia Mm -hmm. in some ways. It's true. (laughs) And yeah. So like another thing we've been talking, we've been talking a lot about in me me and me in my head. (laughs) And also we spoke about it. (laughs) What do I mean when I say we? we, We've just been throwing it around in our own brains for a while. I don't know. All the people I'm quarantining with in my head. <laughs> yes. And also something we're going to talk about in the January 16th class is sort of this move from earth to air as a difference in our relationship to time and technology. Mm. So, right, like analog to digital is one simple way to put it. And also taking time at the threshold. Like this is kind of a threshold moment, mm-hmm. right? Like we're between two quote unquote eras in astrology and certainly on earth, like this is kind of a transitional time. So taking the time to sort of mourn and also look to the future and hold space for like considering what the transition itself is Mm -hmm. instead of just like, okay, now like new era, start now and begin. Because we actually need transitional moments to sort of like come together and figure shit out and talk and make mistakes. And I mean, that's kind of what art is, I guess, in general, like an edge practice or a threshold practice. You love your cosmic edges. I'm an edge dweller yeah. for sure. Like Saturn. <laughs> and that's a good point. Like things don't just change overnight. Like nothing changes overnight. Even in this year that has felt like a lot of things have changed rapidly. They still didn't change overnight. They're still in the process of changing. Like actually how much has really changed? A lot has been said, but how much has actually changed and mm-hmm. that we're seeing like in practice and in real life and so it feels weird to just be like, yeah, ding, bing, bang, boom. We're in the age of Aquarius now. Free love, babe. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Well, it's also like a, a testament to how much we love like instant everything. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. And like, even if things do change overnight, like obviously some things can change really quickly. We need a lot of time to process and get under it. Time 
is one of Saturn's areas mm. and our relationship to time, right? Because of the digital sphere, because of the sort of airiness and smoothness of the way that we communicate now and all of the devices and technologies that mediate our communication, our relationship with time has changed. Mm. And astrology, I'm partial to it, but it sort of helps us make meaning of time and, you know, figure out our relationship to it again, Mm. because astrology, like we tend to forget because it's so abstracted, another air thing, right? Abstraction and glyphs, you know, but astrology talks about qualities of light and every birth chart is like one freeze frame in a really, really long movie, you know, and every birth chart and chart that you make has all the different qualities of light within it throughout a 24 hour day. Yeah. I love how you even just in this conversation, you always bring astrology for me back to something that's more, that feels more true than the abstraction that we, and like the memification that astrology has sort of devolved to because of the internet age and because of honestly, just people trying to understand and contextualize. And as human beings, we love to personify non-living things and ideas in order to understand them like as quickly as possible, again, with our instant gratification. Even I, like I did that in the beginning of this conversation when I was talking about Jupiter and Saturn. And I loved just how you brought the astronomy actually. And that this like Saturn is the last planet that we can see it's on the outside and it's looking both ways. And it's sort of like the person holding the door open or closing the door. Or again, there's me personifying a thing that doesn't need to be personified, but I really appreciate that. And I think that we lose that so much when we try to make some quippy meme about, or we, we even like try to, and I know this is one of your pet peeves, like when we judge people or like, I don't even know the term to describe, but when we like minimize someone based on what their sun sign is or their moon sign is, or their rising sign is like, oh yeah, they're a Scorpio moon. So of course they're a fucking emotional terrorist. I can say that cause I am a, I'm a Scorpio moon. <laughs> It's not false. Yeah, right. When we sort of when we reduce when we reduce people to their signs, I mean, in a way, it's like the weird, like acceptable quote unquote. Well, not quote unquote. It's it's like like astrology, like whatever other systems of thought. I don't know human design. Yeah, I can't think of it. Tarot, enneagram. Yeah, blah 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 blah. You know, it's like the new way, the like acceptable way to to reduce people mm-hmm. to labels or stereotypes or all these things that we sort of rage against. It's a way to be very narrow. And, and and I think there's like a time and a place, obviously, for memes and like for joking around about like, you know, never oh. trust a Sagittarius or whatever. <laughs> Totally, like, totally. Think, well, like I'm a Virgo. I'm like everything to be, go my way, and I'm never wrong, like, which is true. I'm never, that's, that's, <laughs> but you really no. are never wrong. So you know, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> but like you know, don't stereotype. <laughs> don't stereotype. Yeah. So it is weird, like this weird violence that we do to each other, and also not only to each other, but like to astrology or to whatever system it is, because it's so complex and nuanced and. I think that's also why I'm sort of partial to ancient astrology because even though I I use modern astrology in my practice and I think it's really interesting, modern astrology tends to make the birth chart a little bit more of like a psychological map because Mm. we do that with fucking everything in our contemporary culture. Everything's like a mirror of our psyche, which is like, that's not as interesting to me as like it being, you know, in some ways a mirror of us, but in a, in a larger sense, a way to connect with this thing called the cosmos. Like that's crazy and really 
interesting. And so that's sort of what ancient astrology points out, that it's one moment in time and it's really, it doesn't matter. My teacher was just saying this in one of his videos. He's like, it, it really doesn't matter if you like identify, like people will be like, I don't really identify with my sun sign or like my mercury or like, I'd rather use this house system because I like my planets more, uh-huh, you know, it's uh-huh. like, it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter if you identify with it. It's like, I don't, you know what I mean? We don't like identify, I don't like identify with like certain bodily features I have, but I was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, <laughs> like, it's so funny. <laughs> I love that point that he made. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> I get that all the time in session. It's really funny. And it's like funny sometimes, but don't do it. <laughs> That's Yeah, it's true. Just don't. I mean like, yeah, it's funny, but don't let that be that we're multifaceted and multidimensional. Like don't just yeah. stop on the surface. Like go try to no, go a little yeah. bit deeper, but it's fun. It is very fun to make fun of anyone who with an Aries placement. <laughs> well, it's, yeah. <laughs> Well, it's also like, I don't know. It also just makes astrology so annoying. Yes, totally. Like, That's like, why we hate CoStar. People are like, I hate astrology because like, yeah, most of the shit out there is super annoying. <laughs> yeah. And I think that we're actually really like, remember when CoStar was a big deal a couple of years ago, that astrology app that, yeah. and now everyone's like, I fucking hate CoStar. If CoStar comes from me again with its weird <laughs> copy editing. Oh my God. God. Wow. That the other day I posted about some some joke about CoStar, like deleting CoStar off my phone. I don't think I've ever gotten more people who have d- like DM'd me so quickly of like, I fucking hate CoStar. It's so annoying to me because it is really reductive and it feels very small, like a small version and also the worst versions of yourself. Because that's normally what happens when we reduce, right? We Or when we try to like simplify something, it becomes polar. It becomes like the maximalized, most like easy to spot, most obvious, almost caricature version of the characteristics that exist in that thing. Because like that's all that we have. So like we have to hedge on the fact that Virgos are fucking anal retentive or whatever. When like in reality that is not really, really true, but they are right all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so interesting. I mean also Instagram is such or, or social media in general is such an interesting like it's a little bit like Saturnine in a way because it sort of it shows you at, like what people are into and what people are canceling mm-hmm. you know and if you can be on those social media platforms with a critical eye and like get distance from it it's sort of fascinating to just watch mm-hmm. and that's sort of what Saturn does right well even like just to completely step out of the astrology conversation and to step into the social media thing, you know, the posts that do well, there's a formula for getting high engagement on social media. It's to drop either knowledge bombs, insight bombs, really valuable pieces of information that are like in three or four simple, simple parts that people can immediately take away and implement in their lives Mm -hmm. or to publish unpopular opinions, opinions that are contradictory and somewhat incendiary that are different than what most people like quote unquote, most people or normal people think it polarizes people, right? It either makes you feel like you're superior because you also believe that same thing that only really intelligent fringe people believe, or you're like, I can't believe someone would possibly say that. That's so untrue. And that's all that social media really has like been reduced to. I think, especially on Instagram is incendiary comments, like these, these things that ask us to have like a gigantic emotional response to them. And usually those emotional responses are either like adoration and obsession 
or obsession and hatred? Oof. I mean, right. It's, it's divisive is the main thing. So yeah, exactly. Wow. It's depressing. And it's also a huge. (laughs) (laughs) Sure is. Sure is. It's also a huge drain. I mean, look, I think also it's like another theme just in life and also in astrology for 2021 is like, what does it mean to communicate? Because posting is not like necessarily communicating. Yeah. And what does it mean to be a friend? Because liking someone's post or being friends with them in the digital sphere, like that doesn't necessarily translate. And so I think also the other thing that Jupiter is about is belief systems and ideals and ideologies, philosophies. So, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe it's back in on Instagram, but like, it's not like that cool, you know, to have like, ideologies and beliefs that you hold fast to. And I think it's really important to figure out what our individual philosophies are, like in terms of how we interact with these digital spaces, each other in person, whatever it is, because that's what sort of allows us to have critical insight and also prevents us from like jumping on bandwagons on social media, which can be really tempting because it's like, oh, it seems like so important. Like if you don't do X, Y, and Z, you're going to get canceled. Or if you do X, Y, and Z, you're going to get canceled. Or also just, I don't know. Just like if you exist, you're going to get canceled. Or if enough people are watching you, you're going to get canceled. Yeah. (laughs) Or I guess praised or like you're going to get more followers. Like even this is like a a question I've been thinking about with Jupiter, Saturn, switching signs. Like what does it mean to follow someone? Mm. I think we tend to think that it means that you like agree with them or like, like everything they say, but we know the dangers of only getting information from sources that we agree with. That's when we get like fascistic and, you know, weird, weird rabbit holes, you know? I'm so glad you're bringing this up because that's something I've kind of, and like, you can disagree with me if you're out there listening to this, but that's something that I've seen happen like on Instagram a ton lately of people being like, can you believe that this person follows this person? who's so problematic in like X, Y, Z way or whatever. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. Maybe they said one thing that's like that you disagree with or maybe they're really problematic. I don't know. But yeah, like first off, I follow so many people that I don't even remember following (laughs) that I like never see their stuff. If you ask me who I follow, I'd be like, I don't know, Ethan, like (laughs) that's it. (laughs) A couple other people. So that feels like a crazy thing to judge someone off of and to be like, oh, they must immediately align with every single thing that this person says just because they follow them. That's like saying, oh, if I read the New York Times, like I agree with every single piece of information that the New York Times has ever published and written in it is like my Bible. Like it's kind of insane. Well, we've talked about this a lot. Like, like sort of Jupiter, Jupiter in its fall or like a a sort of troubled Jupiter, right? You can just imagine what that would be like because Jupiter is like ideology and belief systems. So that's like, you know, cult vibes Mm -hmm. or sort of being a fanatic, right? Like fanaticism as opposed to like healthy fandom or whatever. And so that kind of thing that that I think social media is like sort of the forum for doesn't allow for discourse, which is like, I think, you know, to tie it back to (laughs) what we were talking about before we started recording, I think it's probably a reason why I'm always concerned or there's some weird level that I sort of have this concern that people are going to take what I'm saying in in the wrong way or because I sense that sort of frenetic vibe lately or the past few years of, of more 
like dislike and less, okay, let's talk about that. I disagree, but like, let's have an interesting conversation and a discourse. That's really dangerous. Yeah. I agree with you. I mean, this is like what I talk about at therapy all the time. <laughs> like all the time. <laughs> of like, Oh my God, I just want to like communicate as clearly as possible. I was obsessed for a little while with like, I had this like weird fixation on the way that I dressed and I was like, I want to dress more like myself in like a way of like truly being an authentic experience of who I am. Like my clothes projecting what the inside of me looks and feels like my clothes on the outside should do that. So people understand me, even if they don't like have the time to sit down and talk to me and get to know me. My therapist was like, hello, control freak. Can you just hold on for a second? Why do you need to make it easier for people to understand who you are? Like, why are you trying to control their experience of you? Fascinating. That's first off, really rude, Adele. And second, um, because because, like, I don't want people to like think the wrong thing about me. I don't want them to to, like get the wrong idea of who I am. And my therapist has to remind me of this all the time because it shows up so much for me in every single thing that I do and really is like, I would say probably the thing that holds me back the most from being myself and being louder than I am right now is worrying that people are going to perceive me in a way that doesn't feel right and doesn't feel like who I am. And at the end of the day, I can't control that. Like people can perceive me however they want. They might be listening to this being like, this girl is so self-obsessed. And like, I can't change your perspective on that. No matter what, you're going to see what you want to see and understand and perceive what you want to perceive about me or anyone else in the world. We always find evidence for what we want to believe in. So I don't know. It's a weird dichotomy of trying to be as responsible in the way that we communicate with the world and clear and also Mm -hmm. like releasing the pressure around like being almost pedantic or didactic to the Mm -hmm. world around us. Yep. That's really well said. Thank you for sharing. Thanks. No, really. I mean, that's actually fascinating. Like, I think, first of all, of course, people are always going to think whatever they want. We can't control that. Sometimes it can be about a million different things, right? Like, sometimes it's about, like, the kind of day people are having. And as you once posted on Instagram, I am not for everyone. And I was like, yeah, you are. (laughs) You're for me, and I'm everyone. Ninety nine percent of the time, it's not you, but like one percent of the time, it is you. So there's that. Right. Oh yeah, I hate that bullshit too. Where it's like it's always about the other person. It's like uh, sometimes it's sometimes you're a dick. It's like wait, that sounds like kind of interesting, but once you think about it for a second, you're like, actually, no, I'm being a huge asshole. I feel like this might like somehow coalesce with the idea that many people are entering their Saturn return with this Saturn-Jupiter conjunction and like things moving into Aquarius. Yeah. Every time Saturn enters a new sign, a new batch of people will be Saturn returning for the first, second, or third time or however old you are. Yeah. So Capricorn Saturn returns over. That's me. Thank fucking God. Saturn. Yes. (laughs) Shout out. And then begin Saturn return in Aquarius. Also, just to speak to this whole like social media and like friends and people thinking one thing about you, but I mean, this is like the sort of cool thing about Aquarius and us being in an era of air or whatever, because air is an element that it grants us perspective, mm. you know, it zooms out, it pans all around and it gets everywhere. And it's also the mental element. So it's ambient. So there is a way in which perhaps there will be more like freedom or dynamic 
like critical discourses around these things. Everything we've talked about, this is exactly why in, in the workshops I teach, like the chat feature on Zoom is like front and center and everyone's like thinking out loud and chatting the whole time and like, and like asking questions to each other and to me, because that's like the sort of special part of air, you know, we yeah. can just be like all chatting and having access to each other in interesting ways. And then as we spoke about in the workshop on Saturday, like this sort of freaky or scary worst case scenario parts of air have to do, you know, in my opinion, not only with like technocratic stuff, but also, you know, things like surveillance capitalism mm. and great book. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> great book. Yes. Right there. <laughs> and everything getting subsumed into capital, right? Mm. Like you and I've talked mm-hmm. about a lot, like sort of Aquarius is often viewed as the sign of like the outsider or the rebel or whatever. And what can happen, like for instance, the last time Saturn was in Aquarius was 91 to 94. So like Nirvana released Whoa. all their and they were like, you know, grunge, outsidery, and they were like on the top of the charts. Isn't that the Gulf War too? Yeah, around that time. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of other things. But right. yeah, like, and then that thing that happened where the, where Nirvana kind of like, it became a trend, like yeah. the grunge and, yeah. and everything sort of... Cap- it became the everything capital. it didn't want to become. Yeah, because that's what the sort of ambient creepiness of capital does. It subsumes everything mm-hmm. outsidery and brands it. That's one thing that can happen. So we, we spoke about that. And also it's interesting because I have like this really good musician friend who is like, doesn't know about astrology, but the other day it was like, you know, like I listen to the top 40, you know, songs in the US like periodically mm-hmm. to just sort of get a sense of what's going on. He's like, they're all not good. And I was like, well, when was the last time in your opinion, you know, that they were? Yeah. And he was like Nirvana era, like early 90s. Mm. And I was like, well, maybe, you know, best case scenario, we'll see some kind of like resurgence of outsiders getting in. Yeah. Interesting. You know, Taylor Swift did drop a new album. Oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. All the Taylor Swift fans out there. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't it. <laughs> but maybe she's going to become an outsider. Who knows? Yeah. Outsiders in, insiders out. Who knows? I know that we'll we'll wrap up in a sec, but I'm like on the TikTok algorithm that is banging into my head that Taylor Swift is a lesbian who has dated like tons of women and is actually like super gay and her all of her albums are conspiracy theories around her coming out. There are a lot of people that believe this and it makes me like Taylor Swift so much more for some reason. Wow, that's crazy. I've never heard that, but I'm also not on TikTok. That basically ties into what we're talking about. Like no matter what you sing about, write about, talk about, there's going to be fucking a million theories. It's true. It's we like, cannot know what's going on in Taylor Swift's life. We can't until she we tells really us. Really and even if she tells us, which she probably has a yeah. million times. So really quick, final last look. That seems I've last never look. said that before in my life, but like we're gonna do it. Twenty twenty one feeling moods and tenses. Like what is this conjunction sort of feeling like as the tenor of the year? You know, let's look back to look forward. So this is what we did on Saturday <laughs> in class. We spoke about, right, if you recall, Michelle, in January of 2020, the beginning of this year, yes. the Saturn-Pluto conjunction happened. We did. We went off on that. We went off. So Saturn and Pluto conjoined, you know, and I was saying in... I kind of think of them as sounds, right? Like the sound of the year or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking of it in terms of that sound at the beginning of 2020 being like the two notes that indicate Jaws is coming. (laughs) 
uh-huh uh-huh classic iconic and then this is a little more it's not as doom and gloom right because saturn isn't conjoining with the lord of the underworld saturn is conjoining with <laughs> jupiter and <laughs> you know so there's that's why i was talking about it in terms of breath so it's like you know a new way of engaging with like the expansive and contractive forces of the universe. I don't know. I've been thinking of it in terms of like ambient music mm. and also the sound of time passing, which is also what we'll be talking about in the January workshop. So the example I always give for this is music where you can hear some kind of evidence of the medium that it's recorded using or the sounds that are around instead of like the smoothness that we get with mm -hmm. a lot of music now mm -hmm. where we don't even like remember that we're listening to something that's been recorded. Yeah. So like the crackling or, you know, like the grunge, the sort of graininess of Kurt Cobain's yeah. voice. How it sounds when you're listening to a record on your record player. Yeah, right. Analog technologies like that, or even like the sound of rewinding, like it's yeah. like a tape. Yeah. Those like time indicators feel very Saturn and feel very like this transition between like Saturn and Capricorn in a an earthy home, like an external hard drive, <laughs> and Saturn in Aquarius in the cloud, you know? Yeah. Cool. Oh well, yes, we should all move to the cloud. Because the hard drive's not working anymore. Yeah, Michelle had a bad experience. It's bad. It's bad. I got burned, but it's okay. You got burned after you told me to get an external hard drive. I know. It was a very Saturn moment of like... I rely on you for like technological... I know. Normally I'm so head on technology stuff, but... You really are. And I'm like a Luddite and I like don't understand what's happening. But when you adopt a piece of technology, you fucking adopt it. I adopt it. <laughs> You're like, before you were like, I don't think Zoom. And now you're like, I'm teaching entire college courses on Zoom and like using it in a completely different way than most people. And I love it. Oh, this was so fun. Emily, thank you for your brilliance. It was fun. Thanks for having me again. Oh yeah. My pleasure. Thanks for recording with me. I'm assuming we'll record this again. for a third. <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> I mean, I would love to talk to you again. We will talk to you again soon, but like not about this conversation because I would probably, I don't know what I would do. I was about to get very dramatic, but I'd be fine because I'd get to talk to you again. How can people find you and follow you not on Instagram? Yeah, you can come to my website, which is Emilia. My name is E-M-M-A-L-E-A Russo.com have classes. I don't know. I'm a writer. You can just like Google me and see what I'm up to, I guess. You can email me. I'm, you know, happy to say hi. I don't know. Is that good? I don't know where else that's you can find great. me. That's great. Yeah, that's great. But Link. I did just have a below. minor panic attack. Is the way that I'm supposed to say your name Emilia? No, I was just saying that like, like <laughs> I was like, I've been saying your name wrong for years. <laughs> Although I don't know. Lately, I'm like, should I like pronounce it like that? <laughs> What do you think? <laughs> sure. Like when you see it, what do you think in your head? I think Amelia. Oh my God. <laughs> Which is not right. <laughs> Which is totally not right. It's a different name. <laughs> I got Amalia the other day. It could be any, but it, it really is a mysterious. All flavors are true of this name. It feels to me. Oh, right. And my mother, who's an Aquarius moon, was like, <laughs> recently like a couple of years ago was like oh yeah just so you know like I named you that because I thought you could just like decide how you wanted to have people. I was like I thought as an infant you could just decide how you wanted to be called 
I was like, I guess like, yeah, in theory, you can always decide. But for some reason, I was like, that's so interesting that you're only just now. Yeah, that's very interesting. Also, can you imagine like changing the pronunciation of your name whenever you felt like it? Because you kind of could. You could be like, I go by Amalia. I go by Amelia. I go by Emily. My friends call me. Well, some people call me Emma. Some people call me M dash, which is. Oh, that's good. That's good. Fuck. I'm going to call you that moving forward. But Actually, I kind of like this. I mean, we do. We are different depending on who we're talking. Our identity is different depending on who we're talking to. Yeah. So it's kind of cool to have your name floating between all these different things. Floating names. I like it. What do you like to be called? I actually really don't like my name and I don't resonate with it at all. I don't feel like I'm a shell. I don't identify with my name. I just like don't identify with it. No, I, I don't. I've never identified with the name Michelle. But, but what version of it do you identify with? Nothing. Those? I don't feel like I need a name. Like, I don't know. Or like, I don't know. Like the artist formerly known as Michelle. Yeah, exactly. No one I've ever dated has ever been like, oh, Michelle. Like, that's not, <laughs> you know, like, it's not like, an, I don't like associate things with my name. My mom and dad didn't even really call me Michelle. My mom called me Mimi and my partner does not use my first name. And I had a, a couple of partners who've just called me by my last name, Pelazon, which I like. I actually like really resonate with just Pelazon. And mm-hmm. that's how I usually refer to myself when I'm talking in the third person. So I don't know. Wow. Yeah. I don't really identify with the name. So it's good to know. Yeah. Identities are weird. <laughs> Names are really weird. Yeah. We'll talk later. But yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for this. It was really fun. I appreciate so you fun. being game to record again. All right. Thanks, everyone. See you on the internet. Bye. Which of the week? I'm actually really excited about sharing this week because I have been obsessed lately with this this playlist on Spotify called Meditation for Black Girls. And there's one particular on there who I have become pretty enthralled with. Her name is Tony Jones and she is from Detroit and she's a wellness practitioner from Detroit. She just released an album pretty recently. Her album is Affirmations for the Grown-Ass Woman. Great name. Just that, you're like, I'm sold. Just let me listen, pull up Spotify, let me do the thing. As soon um, as you said that, Wallace and I both did like the knowing head nod. We were like, yeah, yeah, for this podcast format, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, can I just name some of the titles of these this yes. album? One is Fuckboys Are Tools of Enlightenment. I'm not Auntie O, I'm me. The present is woman. And one of my favorites Mm. is no is bae. And that's one of my favorites because I have a hard time saying no. (laughs) So that's an affirmation I've had to like really listen to a lot lately. I've been asked to do a lot. That's been really helping me through just saying no and like standing in my truth. And so, yeah, I want to share Tony Jones. I really highly recommend everyone go listen to her. She's also an activist. Her title, which again, I just had pulled up and then it went away, is Wellness Strategist. I, I never even like heard of that. I like that. I like that. It's like yeah. right brain and left brain combined. It, yes, absolutely. She really does a lot of work in the communities in Detroit. She's on the city council. She just like has a lot of, she's a very interesting woman. I just say go look her up. Yeah, go look her up and listen to her music and let her enlighten you and uplift you. So is it a song or a meditation? So it's both. It's music behind like her speaking, like meditative words. There's sometimes they're like little like melodies in there. But for the most part, you're just dealing with like really nice, like lo-fi beat music, hip hop, a little hip hop-y. 
and her just kind of really soulfully speaking at you. It's kind of like spoken word, honestly, Ooh, like a spoken word album. Love that. Okay, Janelle, yeah. not to put you on the spot, but if you had to pick one of the tracks to be your mantra for 2021, which one would you pick? Ooh, honestly, probably present is woman. I think that, yes, for me, I, I mean, presence is everything, but I definitely have, at least in this last month, have had a perspective shift where I really feel like I am navigating my own emotions. I'm controlling my own emotions rather than my emotions controlling me. And a lot of that work has to do with me really like actively doing present work and being present and choosing in the moment how I want to feel. And so, yeah, I feel like that is my mantra going into the next year. Present is woman. And I'm fucking woman, man. I love being Hell a woman. Yeah, being a woman is the greatest thing in the entire <laughs> world. Are you kidding me? Like, really I wouldn't is. want to be anything else. So I'm very, yeah, I'm here for it. <laughs> Amen. Love having boobs. Huge fan. Yeah. Love it. It's the greatest thing. What, I have to say, this is a little maybe TMI for the listeners, but I've had an IUD for the last, I think, five years of my life. And two different ones, like the the same one hasn't been in. Anyways, when I first got my IUD, my period stopped all the way. And after maybe the first three years, I really missed my period. Like really was like, this doesn't feel right, like me not having my period. So I actually got rid of my IUD just to get my periods back. That's cool. That's so beautiful. Yes. And then I realized I'm not good at unprotected sex. So let me get my (laughs) IUD back in. (laughs) But the blessing of it is, is that... (laughs) My period stayed. Like I didn't, I prayed for my period to like come back to me and it stayed with me even when I got the IUD back. So like the plus of being a woman. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like everything about it I am here for. Aunt Flo is always with you. Exactly. And we love her. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. I also have an IUD. IUD club, what's up? (laughs) They're great. I actually really love them. I don't know if I can get one put in, guys. I'm too afraid. Oh, it's not that. Yeah. It's, I mean, I mean, yeah, it it hurts for a moment. (laughs) I I was about to say it's not that bad. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) It's bad. I heard. Yeah. It depends on which one you get, too. Yeah. Mm. I heard the copper is really, that is a, oh, you do? (gasps) I heard that one is whole, like, sucks really bad. Yeah. Yeah, oh, like objectively. So I had the Skyla one first for okay. like five years and then it was like expired and just sitting in my body. And I was like, mm, I should probably get this taken out. And I didn't want to get hormones. So I got the copper one because mm. I'm 31 and I'm going to have kids soon. So I just didn't want to like deal with having hormones in my body. I just want to pull that sucker out and get knocked up immediately. Yeah. And when I got it put in, I was like, I'm going to be fine. It's going to be great. I took like an Advil. I almost could not drive home from my doctor's office. That's how sick I, like, that's how in pain I was. And I'm not like a baby around pain, you know, like I've got a pretty high pain threshold. I was a professional dancer and I've dated a ton of narcissists. So I've got like a really high pain (laughs) threshold and I couldn't drive home. Like I, I called Ethan and I was like, I think you might need to come get me. Like, I'm scared to drive my car home. It was a 10-minute drive from the doctor to my my house. And then I was, like, out for the count for the night, and then I was fine. But my periods, when I first got it, were very heavy and painful, and now they're fine. I've actually had it for a year. And, yeah. Wow. Do they still come regular? Yes, I'm very regular. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good. (laughs) That's wonderful. It's wonderful. (laughs) 
Wow. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get my period for like four years after I went off the pill. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, it was it was a rough time actually. But now she's back. Wow. <laughs> I have a friend who lost her period on the pill and then tried mm-hmm. to get it back and then found out she had endometriosis. And she had really, really painful period, like debilitating periods. And so then she had to go back on birth control to like to deal. Yeah. Because it's better for, I guess, some people with endometriosis, they they need to be on birth control to prevent that getting worse. But I don't have anything that I know of. (laughs) (laughs) Good, 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 good. How did it come back? Did you just like one day you were like, I'm ready to have my period. And it just like she came or what? What was the deal? No, it took a long time. I have to be honest, it's all self-care, self-love. Like I could list the habits and the things, but it's a holistic thing Mm -hmm. of like caring and putting myself first. Yeah. I lose my period when I'm really stressed. And that's my like number one. My body's really good at telling me that I'm stressed. I have seizures when I'm too stressed out too. Mm -hmm. So my body's like, your first warning is that you don't get your period. Your second warning is we're going to reset your brain. So you better get your shit together. (laughs) Wow. Totally. Does anyone have a mantra that they want to share for 2021 that they're thinking about or a word? Janelle already shared her Tony Jones mantra, but anybody else? Not to put you on the spot. I have a mantra. I deserve all of the things that I want. Yes. yes. That's great. And I've also been toying with this idea that like me feeling like I don't deserve things is not mine. That's generational, but this not mine. And so it's just like, that ain't mine no more. I want all mm. the things and I deserve it. You do. I know I asked the question, but I usually don't pick a mantra until I pull a tarot card on the new year day because that mm. helps me decide what it is that like I need. I really like the idea of I get paid to rest. <gasps> I want your mantra. I'm, you can, can have, have it. it. You yeah. can have it. <laughs> same, same. Can I say that though that that's like really incredible because I did actually have a revelation for myself this past week on the set where I realized that people are going to pay me just for my presence. Oh. Like, I don't know what that's going to look like and what that is, but like people will pay me just to be there, to show up in the space. Yeah. That's my dream job is to be paid to be myself. Yeah. 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 I think you're living the dream, Michelle. I think yeah, I think you are. Yeah, yeah you are. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Alice? What's your mantra for 2021? I was just thinking that I usually have a new one every month. No. And so I haven't picked my January one yet. So I'm, I definitely feel on the spot. But. <laughs> Do you want to pick one of Tony's, Tony Jones mantras for Honestly, inspiration? Temporary, temporary. <laughs> Noah's Bay really stood out <laughs> to me. Bay is great. <laughs> I really struggle with saying no at the right times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be my January at least. No is bae. That's true. Mm -hmm. That's true. The more you can say no to, the more you can say yes to. And I like saying yes. Yeah, that's a good point. And when, if you don't make a decision, someone else makes decisions for you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Oh, golly. (laughs) None of that. (laughs) Chanel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm not trying to have anybody out here controlling my life. Mm -mm. No, thanks. Mm -mm. Not not this year, not next year, not ever. Not ever. Mm -mm. I am my own daddy. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. I think you found your mantra. I think that's it. I think that is it. 
it just took me a minute, guys. It just took me a minute. But that came out so organically. I love it. Mm-hmm. That's great. We are all our own daddies, guys. We don't need anyone. To I'm putting on a shirt. Well, I want a daddy, so there's that. <laughs> yeah. Ethan's my zaddy. He's not my daddy. He's my zaddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There we go. <laughs> This was great. Well, thank you, Janelle, for... I'm going to go listen to this entire album. Yeah, you should. (laughs) (laughs) And thanks, crew. And this will be the last podcast of 2020. But we'll be back next week, so... (laughs) (laughs) So it's it's okay. (laughs) We'll be back with our mantras. (laughs) Feeling great. Let us know what your mantras are on Instagram. You can send us a text message. We would love to affirm you. And stay cool out there on the internet. And happy new year. Happy new year. Bye. Bye.